The offseason is upon us, unfortunately, and with that, we now turn our attention to who's coming back for the Atlanta Braves, who is staying, who is staying that maybe they want to replace. We'll look at that, and we'll also touch on the playoffs as well, where another top seed gets eliminated in the Los Angeles Dodgers. We'll talk about all that on a Monday episode of Locked On Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. Make sure you download the Locked On Sports Atlanta app on Amazon Fire and Roku devices where you can get this podcast. I'm your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I'm covering the game of baseball and to interact with me as well. Appreciate all the comments and support there. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any comments, questions, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you're new. And while you're there, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell as it helps support the channel a ton when you do that. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes a daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, even throughout the post, throughout the offseason. We will still be here with you, and we're free and available on all platforms. On today's podcast, we're going to run through those who are going to be returning for the Braves, those who are under contract next year for the Braves. We're going to talk about those who are leaving, obviously a big-name one in Dansby Swanson that we'll get into And then we'll talk about the postseason a little bit as well, where, again, another top contender goes down in the Los Angeles Dodgers. But let's start at the top here with who the Braves are losing this offseason. Who who do we know that is not returning? And obviously the big one is Dansby Swanson. It's the one. it's, It's basically Freddie Freeman all over again. It's a cornerstone player, been here. Through the struggles, I kind of talked about this on the postcast with me and Grant McCauley, the last one of the season that we did, if you want to go back and check that out. But, you know, for me, Freddie Freeman was that guy. He was he was there before. He went through it. He saw you come back and helped you come back to contention and brought a World Series. He was that type of cornerstone player. For Dansby Swanson, you know, to me, he was the one that kind of signified the change. And I know he didn't, didn't necessarily become that, all-star level player early on in his career that we were hoping for that was going to start the rebuild but still he was the guy that kind of signified that rebuild that turnaround and ultimately did become that leader and ultimately did become that all-star caliber player this season so it's going to be a big loss obviously we're going to talk about a lot of this offseason I'm going to do a whole episode here later this week talking about Dansby Swanson, should the Braves re-sign him, how much should they re-sign him for, and if not, what are the other options out there, both in free agency and on the trade market. So I'll be looking for that later this week. But certainly, that's going to be one of the biggest topics all offseason. The other one that nobody's really talking about yet is Kenley Jansen. And, you know, I know that Alex Antopoulos said after the season that, you know, would love to have him back. I honestly think it's not going to happen, and I don't think that it should. Um, 
because he's going to require a big chunk of money to do so. And you already have Rysel Iglesias. I kind of felt like when you traded for Rysel Iglesias, that was going to be your replacement for Jansen. That was going to be your your future closer. Um, so I don't see him spending another $15 million on Kinley Jansen when you already have Rysel Iglesias, who, you know, let's be honest, you know, Iglesias had his hiccups in L.A. for sure, but he was the Braves' best reliever down the stretch and honestly probably should have been closing games so i think it's a goodbye to kenley jansen thanks for what you did i know you had some rough games there in the middle but ultimately figured it out down the stretch uh and came out you know and pitched well so do appreciate what kenley jansen brought to this team but i think that's a, a sayonara for him and it'll be interesting to see if he does sign somewhere and comes back um you know obviously like i said he kind of figured things out down the stretch there and was a typical Jansen we're used to seeing so I think he does sign somewhere uh, Austin McAndrew in the comment says I also think the pitch clock might be a problem for Jansen next season yeah that's true you know if he don't want to come back and have to deal with that the guy's earned enough money he's won enough you know he's a top 10 and saves all time certainly could ride off but yeah you're right I think that could cause him some problems somebody else we're not really remembering and somebody I think we forgot about as the season went on that could have made possibly a difference in that Braves outfield is Adam Duvall. Uh, look, I've been saying for a couple of years now that, you know, I would be okay if the Braves didn't bring back Adam Duvall. They didn't, you know, one year and they brought him back anyway through trade. But I think that's the end of Adam Duvall. We're going to talk about who's coming back and the Braves certainly have some options in the outfield already under contract. I do love Adam Duvall for the defense that he brings. I never really loved his bat. I think the Braves have enough you know, all or nothing type bats in their lineup. So if they are going to make a move in left field and upgrade there, would like to see somebody who, somebody who has a more well-rounded offensive game, but would have loved his defense down the stretch there. Uh, speaking of left field, Robbie Grossman won't be returning. He's not under contract next season. Wouldn't mind bringing Robbie back as a switch hitter off the bench, can play a solid outfield. Certainly not somebody you're really going to bring in as a def defensive replacement, but you know, wouldn't mind him as a bench bat for a couple of million if he wanted to come back. Thought he he did some good things here in Atlanta. Um, Luke Jackson not coming back. He's obviously recovering from surgery as well, so don't know what his status is for 2023. Uh, Adrianza, oh, not coming back as of now, but would not be surprised if the Braves bring him back as a switch hitting infield bat, you know, similar to Robbie Grossman in the outfield. Jesse Chavez, uh, not under contract. We'll see if the Braves want to bring him back, whether to be in the bullpen or to be a coach. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jesse Chavez, who was unbelievable in a Braves uniform, not so much everywhere else. Uh, Darren O'Day not coming back. Really didn't get to see O'Day this year. Um, injuries didn't really need him, honestly. And then Jake Odorizzi. He, he does have a $6.5 million player option and a $3.5 million buyout. Because of the buyout, I don't, I don't really see him picking up that player option. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be gone, probably, uh, to the uh, to Braves fans enjoying that. Uh, he will not be coming back. But I don't think Jake Odorizzi comes back. So those are the big players right there that the Braves don't have signed under contract next season that will likely be gone. Obviously, Dansby Swanson, Kenley Jansen, the big uh, notables there, but certainly some depth losses as well. I did want to mention the qualifying offer for 2023 is $19.65 million. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a big number right there. I still think Dansby gets that qualifying offer, 
Uh, that way, if the Braves, you know, don't sign him, he signs somewhere else, you at least get that draft pick. But that's a pretty big number, and it may you may tempt Dansby to take that and then come out next year in free agency because the free agents market this year for shortstops is really deep. You know, Dansby might consider taking $19.65 million for 2023, which is probably about what he would get, you know, on an AAV deal in the, in the, as a free agent, but obviously more years. You know, he could take that and then come back as a free agent next year where he may be, I haven't looked yet, but he could be the biggest name shortstop out there, especially if he follows up what he did in 2022. So I don't think he'll do that. I think he'll take this as, as his opportunity to get a big contract and, and get a long deal, but it's certainly a, you know, an, an option for him uh, that, you know, I don't know, maybe he does consider taking that qualifying offer um, and then going back in free agency next year again, where, you know, he could be one of the bigger names. I mean, he's got to compete with Trey Turner, possibly Xander Bogarts and uh, Carlos Correa. We already know Carlos Correa opted out. So, um, you know, could be a better market for him next year, honestly, but we'll see how that plays out. Either way, I think the Rays will give him that. Um, uh, a Gonzalez says that Jake Odorizzi's player option is 12.5 million. And the buyout is 6.25 million. I saw it in different places um, on spot rack. I saw where it said it was 12.5 uh, million. And then on baseball reference, it said 6.25 million. But uh, either way, I hope he opts out. Um, certainly from all I've heard, I, I mean, writers, at least that are covering the team daily, expecting him to opt out. So uh, we'll see how that plays out there. But I definitely expect him, you know, not to be back next year either way. So those are the players that we know aren't returning. Uh, next, we'll take a look at who is coming back and who are some players that the Braves may be wanting to trade, move, uh, because there's a lot of players locked up for a long time, a lot of good players as well. So we'll take a look at those next. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Save Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn that trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's super customizable, not a situation where you have to purchase things you don't need in order to get certain things you want. The system integrates well into your home and is easy to self-install. No need to have a tech come out and schedule something or to have a bulky unit that damages or messes up your home's design. It's very useful for security and peace of mind. I got some little ones at home, so I, I love uh, the security that you get with Simply Safe, uh, but it's also good for helping you make sure everything is secure each day. It can move with you even after you install it. Just remove the elements and take them with you to your new place. Customize your perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So we talked about who we know is likely not going to be returning for the Braves next year. Let's take a look at who is coming back for the Braves that we know that is under contract. And something else I think a lot of people aren't talking about is the catcher position. You know, you got Travis Darno; he's under contract for at least one more year at eight million dollars, and you have William Contreras under. Uh, who's still pre-arbitration eligible. So you figure those are going to be your two starting catchers. I thought William made a huge strides defensively this year. I feel very comfortable with him behind the plate. You got a lot of these young pitchers coming up for the Braves now who have, are comfortable throwing to him. Um, 
I think it is telling that, you know, in the big games in that Met series and obviously in the postseason, Darno caught every game. So that still tells you that Snicker views him, you know, as the better signal caller, as the better defensive catcher. But I trust William back there defensively, and we know what he can do with the bat. But you also have Manny Pena under contract next year for $4.5 million. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch this offseason is what happens at the catcher position. Do they look to trade Manny Pena? Obviously, Darno and Contreras aren't going anywhere, but do they look to trade Manny Pena? Do they carry a third catcher on the roster? And you can use Contreras in that DH spot. Uh, again, you know, I still think, you know, I would use him as a catcher, but you could still do that to keep Manny Pena because I like Manny Pena. I like the signing, um, but he's just not necessary at this point because of the emergence of William Contreras and he's you know making 4.5 million as Manny Pena that's a pretty good chunk of change so it'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason if the Braves try to move Manny Pena or not or keep three catchers on the roster you got Matt Olson at 21 million he'll be making the most in uh 2023 unless the Braves go out and get Jacob deGrom or sign a big free agent uh, Matt Olson will be making the top dollar Ozzy Albies 7 million uh, still the biggest steal in all of baseball Orlando Arcia, who played a huge role in 2022. You know, a lot of people question the Braves when they kind of signed that extension, locked him up through his ARB years, you know, what that was about. Arcia played a huge role this season and honestly, you know, did a great job replacing Ozzy Albies. Kind of hurt or hit a lull there and then had that injury, but came back down the stretch, was very good, played a solid defense over there at second base. So he's back at 1.3 million. Obviously, you got Vaughn Grissom, uh, who's pre arbitration eligible. He's obviously going to be a big story point throughout the offseason. Do the Braves try to work him into left field? What do they do with him? Do they see him as an option at shortstop if Dansby doesn't return? Everything I'm hearing says that you know they don't really trust him defensively at shortstop. Obviously, he wasn't fantastic at second base defensively, but do they try to transition him to left field? What do they do with Vaughn Grissom? Do they trade him to make an upgrade somewhere else? Um, and if he does come back and you don't have a position for him, what do you, you know, do you send him back to, to AAA or even AA where he didn't have a ton of time next year and allow him to continue to develop? You know, obviously when he's, when he was brought up this season, you know, it was kind of out of necessity. I mean, the Braves were running out of options at second base, you know, Robinson Cano experiment. Uh, let's not forget about that. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Vaughn Grissom. Maybe he comes into spring training competing for a job. Uh, certainly, we'll be watching that. Austin Riley gets a big up, upgrade money-wise next year. He goes from $3.9 million to $15 million uh, next year. So, he's under contract. Marcelo Zuna making $16 million. He's the one player that I was kind of talking about that I fully expect, believe, Alex Anthopoulos to try to trade. You know, if he has to attach a young pitcher, a young prospect with him, something to get as much of that money off the books. I mean, he is, to me, a wasted roster spot. I've said for a while, even last offseason, I don't want the guy on the team. I think Alex Anthopoulos has to try everything he can to get Marcelo Zuna off the roster and not just dump him. You got to try to save some of that money. That's a big chunk of money. Uh, and I believe he's actually making $18 million this year. I think I wrote that down wrong. So either way, I think that's definitely one player this offseason that's under contract that Alex Anthopoulos is going to look to move. Um, Michael Harris under contract next year for $5 million. Acuna, $17 million. So ready for the Acuna breakout tour in 2023. 
Eddie Rosario, nine million. He's another player. Again, I don't know what you could get for him, or even if you would if you trade him, if you get all that money back. But he's somebody um, that you think you know possibly could be traded, uh, especially if you're going to try to make an upgrade in left field. You know, to me, Rosario's not the answer in left field, and it's kind of expensive for a left-handed bench bat at nine million. But uh, so he could be somebody else that possibly you look to move this offseason. Oh, Guillermo Heredia somehow still has a roster spot projected to make $1.1 million in his last year of arbitration. Um, you know, again, until he's not on this roster, I'm just going to take it that he's part of it. Uh, for a while there, he was pretty much just a mascot cheerleader on the bench. But he does play a role as a uh, defensive replacement in the outfield, which with what the Braves are throwing out there in the left field is needed. So I expect Guillermo Heredia to be back. On the pitching side of things, Max Freed, $12.2 million next year. Charlie Morton, $20 million. No Braves fans aren't really thrilled about that at the moment. I do think it was a, a little bit of overpay. I'm, I'm glad Charlie's coming back. I thought the Braves would bring him back, but I thought there'd be a little bit of a price cut there, maybe more like $12 million for Charlie Morton, You know, who's essentially, at least how he pitched this year, you know, a third or fourth starter, uh, maybe you know a year to recover from that broken leg. Hopefully he'll come back in 2023 and have a good season spencer strider back next year for 1 million cal wright somehow is still pre-arb eligible he'll be back next year uh mike soroka 2.8 million you know the braves are expecting him to come into spring training next year compete for a rotation spot so we'll see how that plays out you got wascari noah who's going to be uh, arbitration eligible this offseason for the first time we'll probably make around 1 million then you got guys like Bryce Elder, Kyle Muller, and Ian Anderson. Let's not forget about him, who are all pre-arb eligible as well and could be part of the rotation. So a lot of rotation options. I kind of said this, you know, everybody was complaining during the, the postseason that changes need to be made in the starting rotation. I honestly don't see it. I mean, maybe, maybe Alex goes out and gets another veteran piece for the back of the rotation, but you know, the Braves have a lot of options there, a lot of young options. And, you know, I think Bryce Elder gets a shot. I think you could go into next year with Freed, Morton, Strider, Wright, and Bryce Elder as your starting five. And, again, you have Mike Soroka, you have Ian Anderson, guys who have, you know, have proven track records at the big league level. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of depth there in the starting rotation. Uh, I don't want to go back into the postseason again. It was just ill-timed, ill-fated for the Braves starting ro rotation to just completely blow up like it did when it did. Obviously, Max Freed, I believe, still suffering from that illness. And Spencer Strider, you know, obviously coming back off the injury and not stretched out. So, again, not trying to, to get back into the postseason mess, but I trust this Braves starting rotation. I would be okay if Alex didn't make any moves for the starting rotation and at least started the year with those guys and then, you know, can adjust during the season if he needed to, unless – you really want to go out and get a guy like Jacob deGrom or Justin Verlander on a one- or two-year deal uh, and put the Braves rotation over the top. I'm certainly not going to say no to that, but I'm not putting it as a necessity for me. In the bullpen, you got Rysel Iglesias, who I think becomes the Braves' closer at $16 million. You got Kirby Yates, you know, kind of like Mike Soroka. Braves are hoping 2023 is going to be their year. They're back healthy and becoming a, a big part of the situation. Uh, Colin McHugh, five million. Glad to have him back. And AJ Minter, five million. So again, and you got Dylan Lee, who's pre-arb eligible as well. So you're going into the season right now. You're going into the off season. 
and you already have a really solid bullpen set up in Iglesias, McHugh, Minter, Dylan Lee, and then again, hopefully Kirby Yates, uh, Jackson Stevens, pre-arb eligible coming back as well. So there'll be some moves made for the bullpen, but you feel it, you already feel pretty confident in the guys that you have there. Uh, but obviously bullpens can be finicky year to year. I mean, look at Tyler Matzik, who I was going to mention as well. You know, $1.8 million this year. Kind of gave it all for that 2021, came back this year, just didn't have it. Ends up having Tommy John surgery. He's out for all of 2023. Again, he's projected to make around 1.8 to 2, you know, 2 million. What are the Braves going to do with him knowing he's going to be out all next year? Do they tender him a contract? Uh, you know, that's going to be another tricky situation to watch this offseason, what they do with Tyler Matzik. So, again, that's the bulk of the players coming back. There's already a good foundation and a base there. You know, we'll talk about it in a, another episode later this week, kind of what the Braves need to do, what their offseason needs are. I'll cover that here later this week. Um, but right now, I mean, the bulk of the team is already there and under contract, and you have a great core, a team that's ready to win and uh, compete for another division title and a championship. So, uh, again, I'm really happy with where this Braves team is now and going forward. Obviously, there are some things that need to be adjusted and upgraded, and, again, we'll, we'll talk about that in another episode later this week. I did want to just briefly mention the payroll. I'm not going to go too deep into payroll numbers, but – Right now, the Braves have 28 players signed for around $164.3 million, which is just crazy. When you think of the Braves' payroll of the past, and they're, they're right now already at $164.3 million, and that's without including arbitration numbers. You include arbitration numbers, and the payroll's already up to around $193 million, according to SpotRack. And the Braves this year, in 2022, had the eighth-highest payroll at just over 200 million. So I expect, you know, the payroll to be in that 200, maybe 210 million dollar area to start the season, which, you know, gives the Braves maybe 15, 20 million to play with this offseason with what's on the books. Again, hopefully you can kind of free up some money uh, with Ozuna, maybe Rosario. Again, we'll look at some other places when we kind of preview that later this week. Uh, but next, I want to turn my attention to the playoffs, give you an update there, and also take some of your questions and comments from the chat as well if you're watching live with us on YouTube, and we'll do that next. So it gave me a little bit of uh, feel better. Uh, it made me feel a little bit better on Saturday night. I'd actually fallen asleep and woke up Sunday morning after church, actually, and, and checked my phone to see that the Los Angeles Dodgers were eliminated from the postseason as well. When I fell asleep, they were up three to nothing in the top of the seventh. So it was very surprising for me to check my phone after church and see that they, too, like the Braves, had been eliminated. So I know it shouldn't make me feel better, but it did, just knowing that the Braves weren't the only top seed to fall flat. And I kind of mentioned that or I tweeted this out on Monday because there's obviously a lot of questions now about the new playoff format and is it beneficial enough for the top seeds? Look, the proof is in the pudding, but it's only one year. We'll have to see, you know, reevaluate after five years. We continue to see this happening or see how the top seeds, you know, adjust to it. I think the biggest disadvantage for the top seeds is the timing of hitters. Um, you know, I think that 
had a lot to do with why the Braves offense struggled so much, while the why the Dodgers offense struggled so much. You take off five days from facing live hitting, and you know, I don't know what the Braves necessarily did in practice during that time, but I doubt they were, you know, facing live pitching like they were gonna face in the postseason. It's hard to get that timing back. And, you know, five days off. Yeah, you know, the Braves had four days off the year before. Uh, but they also didn't score a ton of runs in that NLDS. Granted, they were going up against a really good pitching staff in the Brewers, but it's not like the Braves' offense was on fire in that NLDS last year either. So to me, that's the biggest disadvantage from this big layoff is the offense and their timing with live pitching and trying to get that back in a hurry and you know pressure-packed games in a five-game series. To me, that's a big disadvantage for the layoff for those teams. Where it should be a big advantage is your pitching staff. You get to set up your rotation the way you want it. Your bullpen arms are fresh. You know, all your guys should be fresh, feeling good. And that is a huge advantage for those teams. And look, I would rather have that than not. I'd rather win that division, have one of those top two seeds, than have to go into that wild card series and a you know a three-game series. And who know who knows what can happen there. I would still take winning the division, getting that by over that. Unfortunately for the Braves, they just had a, a starter in Max Fried who wasn't completely healthy. They had a, a another starter in Spencer Strider who wasn't completely healthy. They're two best starters, and both of them just didn't execute and, and got you know honestly lit up by hot Philadelphia Phillies team coming in. So I think it's something they have to reevaluate. Uh, I think it's something that the MLB has to reevaluate. Can they crunch that time down a little bit more back more to you know three four days off like it was before? You know, have the wild card rounds start the day at since there are no tiebreaker games. There's no one game 163s anymore. Start that wild card series a day after the season ends. That way, these top two seeds, you know, only have a three or four day uh, layoff after the season. So, again, I think it does need to be looked at adjusted a little bit when you got, you know, two teams like like the Braves and the and the Dodgers and then another 101 win team like the Mets, you know, all going out after the first round, after you play 162 games, and then to go out like that, I think that's something that has to be uh, looked at and possibly adjusted. You know, you look at the Astros, yeah, they swept the Mariners, but they had to come from behind in those first two games. Yeah, the last game went 18 innings. I mean, it was a battle for them. They weren't exactly clicking on all cylinders out of the gate. Yankees on the verge of being eliminated. They did force a game five, which is postpone tonight so we'll get a uh, game five action on tuesday so I, again i'm not it is an excuse and i'm making an excuse but it's not why the braves lost the braves lost because their starting pitchers didn't execute and the phillies just outplayed them in every facet of the game but i do think you know from what we've seen in year one of this new playoff format not the advantage for these top two teams like maybe some thought it would be all right, lastly, I want to go through some of the comments online um, that we're seeing. Uh, Jonathan Wynn had asked for an update on Soroka. Uh, as far as I know, he's just rehabbing, hopefully getting a whole offseason to get healthy. And like I said, the Braves are expecting him to come back next year, next spring training, ready to compete. Um, let's see, next comment here comes from... Um, Jonathan went again he says with the way the postseason went should the Braves even focus on the regular season as much as they did this year I kind of answered that a second ago I, I do I mean I think it's still important to win that uh, division you know get that that buy from the wild card round 
I think maybe they just have to change how they approach it in that time off and, and maybe bring up some young guys from AAA and face some some live pitching because um, clearly the bats just were not – their timing just wasn't there. They weren't ready to go when that series began. I think that part is pretty evident. Um, Mitchell Green, what do you think about Soroka joining the rotation next year? Kind of already touched on that. I expect him to come back in spring training, compete for a job. Um, see a couple more here. I can see Pena. Uh, I can see Pena being moved. Um, since they have Trump and Triple A, yeah, Chadwick's Trump, somebody I didn't bring up, but he's somebody who's pre-arm eligible. I definitely think they look to maybe move, move Manny Pena this offseason. Catching, better in catching, good, better in catching is hard to find. Um, so I think the Braves, you know, be able to find a, a good trade partner there, not for anything big, but if they wanted to move that money, I think they definitely could. Um, Austin McAndrew, Cano feels like it happened in 2021, been a long season. Uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely feel that. I had almost forgot the Cano experiment myself. Uh, Flappy Toppy just said, uh, just joined. Uh, I just have to know what you think. Do you think we re-signed Dansby? I uh, kind of hinted at that. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to do a whole episode on Dansby later this week. So I'll save that discussion for then. Chris Case in 2023, go Braves. I'm certainly excited for the revenge tour next year. Um, Jonathan says Braves could aim for another starting pitcher. Uh, look, if they want to go get one, that's fine. I'm certainly, you know, not going to be upset, especially if it's a, you know, for me, it either has to be Jacob deGrom or Justin Verlander, like a top, top of the rotation guy that you can get on a short term deal, or you just get a veteran, you know, depth piece. But again, I don't think it's not a necessity for me that the Braves go get a starting pitcher. Um, Corey Brown says, hit the like button. Please hit that like button. Does a lot of good. Helps out the show. Uh, A. Gonzalez 7 says, if they if they can trade Ozuna and save some money, I think it will take at least one of their AAA arms to a, a rebuilding team. Yeah, you're going to get rid of Ozuna and save any money in that deal. Look, even if you attach a young arm, maybe you attach a, an Ian Anderson, um, you know, a Kyle Moeller, you know, you attach a young arm to Ozuna, then you're still going to have to give up some money. I don't think anybody's going to be taking on that entire contract. Uh, ex, uh, Alex Ford says expectations from expectations from Ozzy next year. I expect Ozzy to come back, you know, healthy, ready to go. Hopefully, we see a a good year from him. Obviously, was not out to a great start in 2022, but you know, certainly excited to see him come back and be the starting second baseman for the Atlanta Braves. I fully expect him you know, to be ready to do that. I mean, the Braves were hoping he was going to be ready if they made it you know, further in the postseason. Um, but the Braves need Ozzy Albies. They need him defensively, and they need him to be the, the 25, 30 homer bat that he's been. Uh, so the Braves need Ozzy Albies. I expect him to be, he be back at second base, healthy, ready to go. Uh, Rick Prada says, is Nola a free agent? Um, Aaron Nola. I'm assuming you're referring to is not. Uh, he has a $16 million team option, which I would be shocked if they don't pick that up. Um, for the next question says from Raymond says, for a bullpen arm, do we bring back Jansen? Or I saw yesterday Kimbrell is a free agent. Do we maybe sign him? Um, if it's between those two, I'd actually go with Kenley Jansen. And I was a big proponent of bringing back Kimbrell a couple of years ago, but he has not looked like himself here lately. Uh, depends on what the deal is. I mean, if you can get Kimbrel, you know, on a cheap deal, five million or less, kind of, you know, try to 
bring back up his value, then yeah, I'd be happy with bringing Kimbrell back to the Braves, seeing if he can find that magic. Um, I w- look again, I wouldn't bring Jansen back. I wouldn't pay more than a five million for another reliever. Relievers are so finicky year to year. You're already paying 16 million for Iglesias. I would not spend a ton on the bullpen. That's something that can be, you know, adjusted during the year if you need to. Um, Chase says, do you think Dansby Swanson has shown he's worth resigning? I'm a big Dansby fan, and I love that veteran feeling, being the longest active Braves player uh, since Freddie Freeman. Again, like I said, I'm going to do a full episode um, later this week talking about Dansby Swanson. I do feel like he has shown that he's worth resigning, and I've been on board for resigning him for a while. Um, they should at least check on how much Rodone will cost. Yeah, uh, look – Again, I wouldn't be upset about it. You want to bring in Carlos Rodon. I just, I feel like there are other needs on this team, specifically, you know, what they're going to do in left field than the starting pitching right now. But certainly, yeah, I mean, who knows what the Braves payroll is going to be? They just continue to spin. Uh, Steve Hampton says, I don't want DeGrom. If he's always going to be hurt, you got to ask yourself, what are you getting for all that money? Certainly a concern. That's a concern with any, any pitcher that you're going to sign or any pitcher you have on your team, I mean, you got an opportunity to get maybe the best pitcher of all time. Um, I think maybe you have to at least consider it. Again, I don't think it's necessary. I feel like the Braves can win with the, the starting pitching that they have. I mean, they basically already did win with the starting pitching that they have. Um, but again, DeGrom is a, is a unicorn for sure. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to get way more than the Braves are willing to spend. Um, but again, I think if it's an opportunity, he wants to be here, you know, he, I think he at least got to look at it and consider it. So that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. For those watching live, appreciate it. Uh, I'll be going live. I, I tweeted this out, my off-season schedule. I'm going to go live between around uh, probably 8 to 10 p.m. Central every night whenever my wife falls asleep. Um, so be looking out for that throughout the off-season. I like doing these live shows, being able to chat with you live. So you want to be a part of that. You're listening to the replay. Um, then look out for that. I'll tweet it out before I go live each and every weekday night between around 8 and 10 p.m. Central. But again, that will do it for this episode. Thank you for making Locked on Braves your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen, a Locked on Yankees, uh, where they'll be obviously previewing the Game 5 on Tuesday. So you want to get ready for that ma- matchup. Make sure you go listen to a Locked on Yankees. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me on Twitter at Shortstopball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 